Welcome everyone to Nuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks podcast that explains how your local team stacks up against the rest of the NBA. Hey Hoopheads, once you finish listening to this episode, be sure to check out the rest of the Hoopheads podcast network for even more great basketball content. Hey there, hi there, ho there, and welcome to Nuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks show hosted by me, Devin Zanskis, and brought to you by Hoopheads as always. Today I'm coming at you solo, but we have the conclusion of the regular season, the postseason keyword, not necessarily the playoffs, but the Bucks playoff seeding to cover. That's right, we now know that the Bucks will be playing the Chicago Bulls, our I'd say the consensus would say that is the most favorable matchup. And there might have been a little funny business to get to. Uh, There might be some some excuses to counter that point, but it's uh, pretty hard to run from if you see our most recent game. Uh, But we can get into the nuance of that in a bit uh we have the last three regular season games to cover uh really i'd say the third to last game of the season was the only one with well any sort of competition let's say one way or the other and that was against the celtics but uh by golly that was that was a horrendous game I had some friends who were there, and they had a really good time because it was a close battle. Uh, don't get me wrong, but the third quarter Bucks uh, struck again. And if we compare that more to the rest of the games, the last two games, it was uglier in a different manner um, in which it was not competitive at all. In one way, it favored the Bucks uh, last Friday against the Detroit Pistons, but the last game of the season, uh, the Bucks played the Cavs, uh, where the Bucks just tanked that uh, last game, really just for playoff seeding. Uh, they can—that's at least how it looks, and you can't argue that. The Bucks will probably say that they just wanted to to give their guys some rest and everybody just just so happened to be particularly uh, not in the best shape for this game as opposed to others. Even though they had a day of rest and their last game, they didn't have to extend themselves too much. Yeah, we definitely, definitely did not follow the same mantra as last year when we just wanted to say, screw it. Uh, play whoever whoever is ahead of us uh, while trying to win every single game. I really liked that aspect last year. It is different because had we won that game against the Cavaliers, the last one of the season, that would have put us in uh, second place and now officially matched up against, against the Nets after the first night of the planned tournament. You know, I I honestly wasn't super locked into into the playoff seating this year, just because it, maybe it'll sound counterintuitive, but the the 
almost the complexity of it made me even more turned off uh, by it. Uh, I was gonna say because it's like out of our control and we're gonna we're gonna play who we're destined to play, but I mean that's also just a lot of the sport in general. Make or miss league, win some, you lose some, can't control uh, the outcome for the other teams. But yeah, so instead the Celtics are in second place. And after our win against them last Thursday, it was, I'm almost positive because an argument, you know, for the Bucks giving up the last game of the regular season was that they had played three games in four nights. Uh, so yeah, that victory against Boston makes me even more convinced that uh, that we would have had second place against the Nets had we not tanked the last game. But I don't know. Maybe this will be less of a narrative in, in years moving forward because it's uh, impossible to argue that it's that it's uh not smart for the bucks uh cuz i think everyone would have rather played the bulls than the nets so without further ado i will tackle i will tackle the last competitive game that we had and that was against the boston celtics as we took care of business with a 9-0 run to close out that horrendous game it was 127 to 121 you know, I'm just going to pause this programming right now because I have fantastic news on my behalf only. Special shout out to uh, my eldest brother, Dean, who has just signed up for Peacock and Apple TV. So that means the opportunities are endless for me. Uh, well, it just means I can finally uh, rewatch The Office, which is... Uh, which is uh, immense. I oh, mean, am I going to have to pay this dude $10 a month? He's got to be jacking. He says, just kidding. What are we doing here? We're, uh, we're recording a Milwaukee Bucks show. Oh, that's right. Uh, so the Bucks starters against the Celtics were uh, Drew, Har- Drew Holiday, Wesley Matthews, Chris Middleton, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Brooke Lopez. Meanwhile, the Celtics were without Jason Tatum in this game. Uh, actually, one of my friends who was at this game went to school with Jason Tatum in St. Louis, which is completely nuts. He shared a story about how they were playing uh, pickup basketball uh, after basketball practice once. And uh, and my friend Alexander was guarding uh, Jason Tatum. He waved off the help and said that he had that he had Jason Tatum. Tatum naturally chuckled at the young man and uh, splashed a turnaround jumper in his face uh can't say i would have fared any better myself alexander but still i'm probably gonna i'm probably gonna annoy uh annoy alexander about that for for the rest of our lives uh because that's like the more i think about this that's almost certainly the most famous person that i have only one degree of separation from yeah, I can't think of another off the top of my head. We have a family friend who's apparently related to Babe Ruth, but wow, I have no, uh, 
I can get off on a tangent really today, but with uh, with Jason Tatum out, uh, also there was no Rob Williams. Of course, that's a major uh, factor coming into the Eastern Conference uh, playoffs here uh, in favor of the Nets, unfortunately, who are looking more and more likely to be our second-round opponent. The Celtics were also without Al Horford in this contest, so that's partially why this game was one of the most frustrating of the year because the the Bucks were uh, overwhelming favorites, but the Celtics just uh, shot lights lights out, and it wasn't only the the lucky three point shooting from the Celtics that kept them in this. It was uh it was uh. Some lackluster play from our Bucks up until that last stretch there. And yeah, we were lucky to come out of this one. So quickly, Celtics starters in this game were Derek White, Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Grant Williams, and uh, Daniel Tice. Uh, the Bucks went on a 14-0 run from the 7 to the 4-minute mark, capped off by by a phenomenal deli shot from uh, Chris Middleton in which he, of course, inter- intercepted the inbound and was able to throw it in right away. We also got a Grant uh, Williams wedgie, so shout out to the No Dunks crew. Uh, I don't hear I don't hear uh, enough about wedgies uh, coming from uh, Bucks games. Of course, I would be witness to it as well. But yeah, maybe my favorite podcast uh, out there, so... Um, always happy to add to their uh, ticker as uh, they're actually lower uh, than expected this year on the wedgie tracker. Uh, either way, Giannis and Bobby each hit a couple mid-range jumpers over Jalen Brown uh, later in the first quarter, but Jalen Brown would get a steal on Giannis on a coup. He'd make another uh a uh, huge defensive effort against Giannis later on in this game that we'll get to. But the Bucs led the 36-29 to 29 after the first quarter. Giannis with 8 points and 3 rebounds, and Jalen Brown with 8 points, 5 rebounds, and 5 assists after the first quarter. Uh, Grant Williams actually headed to the locker room after a tough uh, Brooke Lopez screen. I remember watching that play. That really made me miss my my uh, rec league uh, games as a... Uh, as you maybe guess, my biggest highlights are that's underselling myself, but a lot of my highlights were just some pretty sick screens and uh, not many better feelings. Uh, I'll tell you what a terrible feeling was uh, was uh, watching the Boston Celtics shoot fifty uh, percent of their first sixteen threes, and the Bucks did not meant did not match that uh, scoring uh, efficiency. Uh, Wesley Matthews would get a block from Jalen Brown. Uh, though, so always happy to see that. Um, Ime Udoka would successfully challenge a blocking uh, foul on George Hill that was initially called uh, for a charge. Uh, Giannis was uh, then um, whistled for uh, an offensive foul, and uh, after arguing with the refs for uh, on a number of occasions the first half, Daniel Tice would uh, receive a technical foul. And at halftime, the Bucks led 69-59. to 59. Uh, Chris Middleton had 16 points, 4 rebounds, and 5 assists. 
and Jalen Brown had 13 points, 8 rebounds, and 6 assists. This all just at the halfway mark. Uh, Celtics, early in the third quarter, had, went on a 13-2 run to erase that Bucks halftime lead. Chris would make back-to-back threes, though, to, to hold on to our uh, fleeting um, lead there. Uh, Bucks had uh, several offensive rebounds in a row on one possession, uh, leading to, uh, leading to, eventually a Giannis uh, lay-in. I would say though that I think that was something plaguing us later on in this game, and part of my immense frustration was uh, maybe it was just this one singular play for the Bucks because. Uh, I remember the ball bouncing, bouncing uh, the Celtics' way a lot more, and uh, possibly having to do with uh, with the Bucks, uh, you know, lack of urgency to to get to the ball, and you know, maybe coming back to um, to believe that they could just uh, stroll through this game without Tatum, Brown, and Horford. Uh, br- Tatum, Brown, and Horford. Uh, Brown was definitely in this game. He was. He had a major impact here. Um, it was Williams who was out. Uh, Bob Williams, not Jalen Brown. Uh, Brown, though, would collect uh, his fourth foul, though, in the third quarter. And Giannis would get, would get a slam on uh, Marcus Smart. Um, unfortunately, though... Uh, Smart, uh, in particular, along with Tice, were uh, raining threes all throughout uh, the third period. Daniel Tice even had his highest scoring quarter of his career in the third quarter, uh, along with the third quarter Bucks theme. Uh, I don't know how. I don't know how large of a uh, total Tice had to get to to uh, to cover his previous. Uh, single uh quarter scoring record but you know couldn't have been a lot but if he's breaking if he's breaking records here probably not boating well for our milwaukee bucks uh and then Giannis would spook us a little bit uh taking a hard fall after a blocking foul from aaron neesmith but he was able he was able to get up uh I think Neesmith sort of tripped Giannis on this one, and Giannis came down uh, closer to parallel to the floor uh, than I would prefer, and probably Giannis as well. Uh, Not hearing any outrage uh, on that foul, of course. Uh, That probably has to do because Giannis is is a tough one. yeah, despite the third quarter bucks there, uh, Milwaukee still led 102 to 97 going into the fourth. Giannis had 24 points, eight rebounds, four assists to Marcus Smart's 24 points and seven assists. Celtics unfortunately went on a 7-0 run at the beginning of the fourth. Uh, man, I remember Bud was super pissed off during this game. I think Bud called. Uh, called multiple timeouts early in the fourth quarter uh, as he wasn't able to handle uh, 
handle what he was seeing out there from the Bucks and thought thought it may not be worthwhile to hold on to his fourth quarter uh, timeouts, uh, given how bad it looked early on. But yeah, but Drew Holiday also had had the first seven Bucks points in this game, and this you know that was an example of uh, why Drew Holiday might be. Uh, along with Chris Middleton, might be one of the most underrated players in the NBA. Uh, I I feel it, well, rightfully so, I believe, but um, people might get tired of of the Bucks saying that that their support guys are underrated. Uh, It makes sense, though, of course, because we're a small market and people are in the shadow... Uh, well, rather, the rest of the Bucks are in uh, the shadow of Giannis Antetokounmpo. Uh, but yeah, it, it felt really nice. I was catching up on an old episode of uh, Hollinger and Duncan, and uh, I don't think they come out with shows too often just based on this statement, uh, which explains why it seems so dated. But they were saying saying how ridiculous it was that Drew Holiday wasn't an all-star this season. Uh, I mean, I'd say their take aged fairly well because, after all, it sort of was just just that hotter month at the right time in uh, January that gave Chris that nod over Drew. I remember most of the season people were saying that Drew was the best buck, and that was a big story. Uh and uh, really, I think it was closer to neck and neck. But uh, either way, this isn't anything new from either of the guys. Really, I don't want to. I don't want to pit them against each other at all. Uh, but yeah, uh, not the first nor the last time where I'll say that Drew is keeping keeping us in it, as uh, the rest of the team in particular struggled a lot more uh and then midway through the fourth here is where uh Jalen Brown had another uh another stellar play against Giannis Antetokounmpo with a with an amazing block that I that I've rarely seen Giannis with his insane uh with his insane uh speed with the Euro step and and his massive length but Brown was still able to get there for the recovery block in transition uh however the Bucks would go on a nine to two uh run uh after that slower fourth quarter start uh and the Celtics would though get another uh awesome block against Giannis this time from Marcus Smart and I think Smart even got a second block on Giannis but uh, it wasn't counted as such because it was called as whistled as a foul and I I don't think it was the second block from Smart against Giannis wasn't wasn't necessarily a clear foul either might have might have been a uh, what people would call a superstar whistle for Giannis I feel like we don't hear about superstar whistles as much anymore. It might have to do with the fact that LeBron's fallen off a bit and people hated LeBron so much. Uh, let's 
let's see, I'm losing track of where I am here. Oh, um, regardless, uh, after Giannis was, was blocked uh, for the second time late in the fourth quarter, Giannis would get would get a putback uh, over Jalen Brown for some payback. And on a similar drive to the one where Jalen Brown had the highlight block on Giannis, uh, Giannis had his uh, had his decelerated Euro step and actually kicked it out to an open uh, Bobby Portis uh, three. Uh, incredibly clutch play, and I know from my friends who were in attendance that that Pfizer form was really rocking at that point uh and uh soon after drew holiday but also uh have a clutch uh finish uh strong through contact and even though he he missed he missed the first close range attempt he would get he would uh maintain his his positioning with his strength and uh get the put back uh Daniel Tice missed a real uh, close-range layup after an ATO, and uh, I think the broadcast there uh, questioned if Giannis might have fouled him a little bit with with a light push in the back, but I don't... I mean, it might be weird to say that, that any sort of contact to the back when a guy's... When a guy's going up for a shot, it is kind of soft, but I didn't think it. I didn't think the. I didn't think it was uh, to the point where where it really affected Tyson's shot too much. Uh, simply having a hand on a guy shouldn't be a foul unless you're actually, uh, you know, uh, deterring them, but. Had to have done something, or maybe the sheer presence of Giannis Antetokounmpo was enough to uh, to get Tice to lose focus. And really, where uh, the reason I keep harping on this game being uh, frankly awful at times to watch and incredibly frustrating. Uh, well, I don't know if this is a point I would like to argue so much, but felt like everything just went right for the Bucks in the end, and uh, the game really could have gone either way, I think, because uh, uh, Jalen Brown would uh, dribble the ball off of George Hill's foot, and it wouldn't get called for... for uh, for a kickball violation either. And, uh, you know, there's reason to think that, that, that George might've actually, uh, kicked the ball, uh, somewhat on purpose. Uh, it's not, not an uncommon thing to, to hit the ball with your foot, just trying to stay in front of the ball. And after all, a kickball violation might be better than a guy blowing by you. But, uh, to me, it was a very obvious kickball ball by George Hill, and uh, the refs didn't even flinch or uh, try to review. And uh, the only call that they made actually was when Daniel Tice uh, 
was whistled for a basket interference uh, against George Hill on the finish at the other end, and that was and that was uh, that was the dagger for the Bucks as they took it home, one twenty seven to one twenty one. Giannis, Drew, and Marcus Smart all finished with uh, 29 points. And excuse me, it might be overly negative. Uh, right, I might I might seem overly negative about it about a game that was that was close in the end, and and the Bucks were able to, able to pull it through with with uh, some clutch plays. Uh, but you know, some credit should be given given to the Bucks because uh, you know they they've shown that they've been able to show up in the fourth quarter, uh, time and time again this regular season, and and that more than anything probably uh, gives Bucks fans a uh, hope that they can pull off uh, an unlikely repeat because. Uh, I don't know, unless you're unless you're uh unless you're the seventy three win Warriors or the seventy two win uh Chicago Bulls from the nineties, uh any repeat is uh exceedingly unlikely, so uh shout out the Bucks for giving us hope that that can uh be a reality, but we will be we will continue watching for the next uh couple months here to see if uh you know, see if they can make our dreams come come true again. All right, now uh, for a couple news items before we get into some more basketball action. Uh, I mentioned on the la- on the last episode that the Bucks had signed Luca Vildoza, uh, the uh, former Spanish ACB League M- MVP, uh, he last played for Basconia, averaging uh, twenty point six points, uh, one point eight rebounds, and three and a half assists. Um, it was just two seasons ago when he won uh, MVP uh, of this league. I think he started uh, thirty two of the last uh, sixty two games uh, for Basconia. Uh, however, I'm not gonna for a second pretend that I'm a that I that I'm a Euro League expert. But he only played a he only played 42 or what am I saying? 20, he only played 24 minutes per game uh, from what I was looking at, which seemed uh, incredibly short. I don't know if that. If uh, the Euro League has has a, a slightly shorter game than the NBA, that would make a lot of sense. Uh, either way, the fact that Vildoza was a league MVP just within the past couple of years, but uh, his stats would suggest that he's he's no better than like a solid starter or something is uh, really confusing to me. Uh, but different league, so I'll. Uh, halt my analysis for now he did play uh with the knicks in, in summer league and training camp this past year so he's kind of been uh you know on the fringes of the nba for a bit and he did not 
he did not make an appearance in any of these last few excuse me regular season games uh, I know locked on bucks was predicting that he would that he would show up against the Pistons and what looked to be our our uh, you know easiest game of the last week but not in that game nor in the Cavs game where we really uh, it seemed like we were only playing like seven guys uh, up until the time that I had walked away from that uh, lackluster game. But a guy who did get to play this past Sunday was Rajon Tucker from the Wisconsin Herd. Uh, so it seemed like, I don't have the exact date in front of me, but I I think I shared it on a previous episode. Uh, at a certain point in the year, uh, guys uh, guys can't play for you in the playoffs unless they... I'm so sorry for yawning. <laughs> Full disclosure, I am winning myself off caffeine at the moment so if i sound uh if i sound different (laughs) at all that uh is the excuse i'm gonna make i after all i don't think i typically yawn in these shows i hope you're not doing the same while you're listening but that's what i get for talking about the collective bargaining agreement there is a specific day that's very late in the season where if you don't sign a sign a guy by that date, they can't be part of, part of the postseason roster. So that's why you saw a lot of moves around this time, uh, where the Bucks waived DeAndre Bembry, uh, who is out for the rest of the season anyway. So hopefully, no hard feelings uh, for Rajon Tucker, who. Uh, became the Wisconsin Herd's all-time leading scorer on March 26th with a total of of, of 1,172 points. Uh, I think I gave him a shout-out then, but shout-out again to Rajon Tucker for impressing enough to be uh, with the A-team for our uh, hopeful uh, championship repeat run. Uh, trying to think of other individuals who, who were in a, you know, who are a similar case compared to Rajon Tucker. The only one that comes to mind immediately is Greg Monroe, who uh, has signed again with the Timberwolves. I think he was with them earlier this season. He was with several teams, including the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, But the Minnesota Timberwolves are officially returning to the playoffs. That's right. Uh, The... uh, they're officially one of the top eight seeds after winning their first game in the play-in tournament. We'll get to the rest of the play-in, though, a bit later, but early kudos to them. As I know that means, as I know that that meant a lot uh, to to the Timberwolves. Uh, man, I have a lot of, uh, of little uh, around around the league news. So I'll continue on with, although it doesn't quite follow the order that I'm going in here with, with the, with the games played, of course, uh, after 
regular season was said and done. Uh, Joel Embiid locked up the scoring title over Giannis, and it was the first time that a center had done so since Shaq did it back in 2000. Our guy guy Giannis still finished in second with 29.9 points per game, while uh, Embiid uh, scored uh, 30.6 points per game. Uh, so now I wasn't I wasn't particularly thrilled about this of course because of the MVP battle that that uh I guess at this point is only taking place in the voting booths but um yeah at the end of the day uh our guy Giannis has has more awards than the other guys in this conversation, so hopefully nobody is getting too uh, worked up by that. Uh, okay, this is a point where I wanted to go off on a mini tangent regarding the No Dunks podcast. That I've talked a lot about. Um, basically, I just wanted to announce my support of J.E. Skeets, who was basically arguing that uh, as long as players make uh, make an All NBA team, it doesn't matter whether uh, it doesn't matter the difference between um, how many first, second, or third place teams that they make. This is particularly relevant to the other MVP candidates besides Giannis and Jokic and Embiid because they're both uh, undeniably centers above everything else. Now, Giannis is a shoo-in for first-team All-NBA because he's an undisputed top three candidate, and our other two guys are centers. Uh, And I think that's totally true because... not that I'm an expert on uh, All-NBA voting going back uh, several decades from now, but, I mean, we have to think that Bill Russell and Wilt Chamberlain uh, couldn't have made the same team in any year because they were both clearly centers above everything else. And no one bats an eye uh, about that. Uh, I remember No Dunks was arguing... Uh, more today about how no one knows the no one knows the distinctions between uh, the amount of the amount of first, second, and third teams that ninety centers like Hakeem Ewing and David Robinson had. Although ironically, Hakeem had the most first place votes above those guys, and uh, Trey Kirby was arguing that that's a case to care about which team they're on because. Uh, Hakeem had the most first place votes there and that might play a role why people think that uh, that he's better uh, some people might say that that's baloney and there are a ton of reasons why he's better than those guys but but I think I agree with him and uh, I think think it might be more problematic uh, because 
theoretically having having guys eligible for both for multiple positions can actually take away from their totals because if they split the vote, they only end up receiving uh, credit for the votes going to the position where they got more total votes. Hopefully that makes sense. For example, say Jokic gets uh, 60, 60 votes for first-team All-NBA center and 40 votes for uh, first-team All-NBA forward. He'll only receive points for being a first-team All-NBA center, those 60 votes. Uh, that's at least my understanding of it. And I think I think a similar situation happened to Chris Middleton uh, a couple years ago where he received more points than uh, it was either a Simmons or I want to say it could have been a Westbrook where they had more guard or forward votes than Chris Middleton, but Chris had more total points between them and that kept Chris Middleton off, so... Yeah, I'm kind of liking the discourse for once in the national media where uh, more people are saying, I, I, I don't know if, uh, I, I don't know if it's one more one than the other, but I feel like lately I am hearing more about like, well, if the NBA is making us vote this way, I'm going to vote for what the guy's actual position is, what he actually plays, and I'm not going to get cute with it and call Nick, and try to say that Nikola Jokic isn't a center. So yeah, NBA just make just make the goddamn thing uh, positionless. Okay, so now we can get back into some Bucks basketball, but uh, with all of the extra news like that that I have, it might work out well that some of these games were uh, a bit less competitive. Uh, now, the more fortunate game of these last two was was the one this past Friday where the Bucks 30-balled the Pistons after, surprisingly, the Bucks played all of their starters uh, on the second night of a back-to-back. Uh, so, not... More surprising that they played all the starters, but not surprising at all that that led to a 30-point victory over the Pistons. Whose starters were Kate Cunningham, Kenyon Hayes, Isaiah Livers, Sadiq Bay, and uh, Isaiah Stewart. And boy, this game was horrendous. And you all know I've discussed my rule of once the Bucks eclipse the 30 point per game threshold and then make another basket on top of that. I know it's super weird, but at that point, I finally deem that the game is out of reach either to. The Bucks benefit or not, and then I'm able to carry on my merry way. Um, it didn't actually quite get to that point until like the very end of this game. So I watched, believe it or not, I watched this whole game uh, with uh, my mom and my brother, uh, which is a good time chilling with uh, Ma and uh, Drewski. Uh, but yeah, I uh, my my buddy who grew up with uh, Jason Tatum. Uh, Conveniently enough, he had a housewarming party because the guy had just uh, moved up even closer to us in Milwaukee to uh, to Bayview. So shout out to Alexander. Welcome to the neighborhood. Uh, though I'm not quite a Bayview rat myself, I uh, 
one day I might be uh, so lucky to to become one. But yeah, we thought this game might have been destined for a destined for a thirty ball once the piston missed. I believe they they started the game zero from fourteen from the three point line, uh, and. Yeah, Giannis was still going hard in the second half, including uh, uh, back-to-back tough finishes, one in tra- one a one a tough transition uh, layup through contact, and then another. He had a poster over uh, uh, Beef Stew. That's the nickname for Isaiah Stewart, capping off a fifteen to two Bucks run. And Giannis ended up with thirty points, thirteen rebounds, eight assists, two steals. 9 of 16 from the field and 1 of 1 of 3 from 3. The leading scorer for the Pistons was Rodney Magruder with 26 points, 3 rebounds, 2 assists, 9 of 11 from the field and 4 of 5 from 3. Not a stat line I would have predicted, but in a weird game like this uh you know, you can probably predict ahead of time that there will be some unpredictable <laughs> stat lines uh including Brooke Lopez going having 17 points and four rebounds, 7-11 from the field, 3-4 from three. Sadiq Bey ended with, ended with 20 points, two assists. Uh, not a very efficient game, though, as he as he got his 20 he got his 20 points on 19 shots. He's only 2-12 from three. Um, he did make all four of his all four of his free throw attempts, though. Uh, the Bucks uh, shot just shy of 40% from the field, 49 and a half, uh, while the Detroit Pistons shot 38.9%. Uh, the Bucks also dominated the points in the paint category. Uh, this might be the highest total I've ever I've ever seen from us. The Bucks had 72 points in the paint uh, throughout this game. Meanwhile, the Pistons only had. 38 and uh you know think that we're nearly double the points in the paint battle um and the pistons ended up you know shooting that poorly from the beginning it's uh 30 ball just starts to make more and more sense uh almost wonder if if we if we could have had an even larger margin of victory um I thought this was kind of weird, though. The Pistons won the fast break point battle, uh, eighteen to two. Bucks only had two fast break points uh, throughout this whole game, but uh, if you think about it, a lot of that can um, might have to do with the fact that this is that this is a young team and naturally less less gifted offensively than than the Bucks, so. So they might have to take advantage of uh, of their superior youth to uh, to score more in transition compared to the Bucks, who uh, you know were able to go go at their own pace and uh, and uh, you know find you know create easy looks for themselves without having to exert themselves uh, to the fullest on the second night of this back to back. And yeah, uh, that is how the 131 to 101 victory for the Bucks came to be last Friday.
Okay. Uh, so yeah, a couple other um, news from around uh, from around the NBA world, um, mostly uh, related to the Bucks, at least tangentially. Uh, Giannis had some uh, some fun comments um, regarding stat uh, hunting. I think. You know, I was questioning the timing of this because I think I first listened to this Saturday morning. Uh, I remember, I remember doing my usual uh, Saturday afternoon cleaning and such, and playing the pod. Uh, this wasn't even a podcast at all. No, it was just a it was just a short video from Bleacher Report. Um, Basically, Giannis said that he doesn't chase stats, and he thinks that doing so uh, actually takes away from from one's impact as a player because they're they're uh, you know it uh, reflects as uh, you know someone who's more self centered and cares less about the team, and if you're less focused on the team. Uh, then you're less focused on winning. So I really loved that from Giannis. Uh, I don't know. I don't want to doubt him, (laughs) but I almost mean this as a compliment uh, in that I think it's kind of funny that a guy who who ended up with... uh, Ended up averaging 29.9 points, uh, 11.6 rebounds, and 5.8 assists. Uh, doesn't care at all about uh, about stats. Uh, he did that in, in only 32.9 minutes per game this year. And Beat only averaged 33.8, which is... Uh, not a lot for a guy with uh, with uh, extremely similar numbers uh, to Giannis. Uh, Giannis shot fifty five point three percent from the field. Uh, ended up shooting twenty nine point three percent from from beyond the arc, which isn't uh, ideal. However, I think if uh, if you if you watch the game, you know that. Uh, you know that you have reason to trust his his jumper uh, more. Uh, he finished shooting seventy two point two percent from from the free throw line this season, which is uh, which I think Bucks fans care about uh, even more than that three point percentage because we we don't really care for that to be a huge a huge uh, component of Giannis's game. Anyway, shoot, I'm just scrolling and scrolling down here to see uh, where Giannis's three free throw percentages match up with his peers, and of course, I'm I'm looking from I'm looking top down, so it checks out that the rest of the top 30 ish scorers uh, shot better better from Giannis at the free throw line. Uh, 
CJ McCollum only shot 68.2% from the line, which I feel like, I mean, maybe CJ McCollum isn't, isn't the highest profile player in the world, but that is eye-popping enough, I feel like, to where I should have heard it thrown out there uh, at least once before. RJ Barrett only shot 71.4% from the line. 20 points per game, though. Uh, young man in only his third year, so I don't want to I don't want to take anything away from him there. But uh, after that, we get down to Russell Westbrook with 66.7% from the line. So I can stop while I'm ahead uh, with that valuation. Uh, Giannis also had uh, two and a half stocks per game this year, so. Yeah, hopefully, I know no one no one had to hear, no one needed me to convince them that Giannis had amazing stats this season, but I'm not necessarily tracking guys' uh, guys averages throughout the season, so that was uh, at least informative to me. More Bucks-related news. Our uh, former Buck and Dante DiVincenzo fan, fa- fan favorite, Nunk a few Buck favorite, uh, Devin favorite. News came out that he is actually unhappy with the Sacramento Kings, whom he believes uh, were tanking his trade value by not starting him throughout the season. Uh, I actually heard the Athletic NBA show debunk this because I heard that Dante is actually playing uh, – starter minutes uh he just doesn't he's just not nominally the starter and they argued of course it it would mean a lot of guy going on his track going into his contract year to say that that he was a starter it's probably more important if he's on if he's on a cruddy team like sacramento but it's probably an easy case to make that like oh you're not going to pay me this because i wasn't a starter well i still earned like these many minutes per game. I know anything helps in contract negotiations for a guy like Dante, who I hope he gets a pretty penny because he unfortunately couldn't from the Milwaukee Bucks. However, yeah, the Sacramento Kings roster construction uh, hasn't always made made the most sense. Uh, so, yeah, perhaps a losing battle there. Uh, yeah, they also pointed to Buddy Heald in that argument, too, because I know it was a big deal that Buddy Heald wasn't a starter for the Kings, even though he had the talent level above other guys. Uh, Kings have just uh, lately been particularly guard-heavy, so tough for guys to get to, to you know, crack, crack the starting backcourt on this squad. Um, let's be real maybe not the most difficult but uh, our guy Dante's a young guy still still has some development and uh, I think the Sabonis trade actually kind of helped their uh, roster alignment a bit but uh, not enough for Dante apparently uh, other notes you might have heard of uh, Eric Name uh, just released a, an article uh, on Drew Holiday's uh, defense. I'll admit I hadn't read this whole article, but 
from what I from uh, what I heard of it, there was a quote from Andre Andre Gidala in this article saying that Drew Holiday is uh, is one of the best defenders uh, he's ever played against or seen, uh, point blank. And um, he even compared uh, he compared Drew Holiday's defense to that of uh, Steph to Steph Curry and Kevin Durant's offense, uh, calling Drew a generational defender. So that's uh, extremely high praise for a guy like Andre Iguodala, who's who's uh, been an All Defensive Caliber player a lot of his career. Both noting they were they were teammates uh, when in their younger days in in Philadelphia. So that so if it sounds like a little bit of smoke up his rear. That's why, but totally not ridiculous uh, from what we've been hearing about our guy as his profile's risen a bit more getting out of uh, New Orleans now compared to uh, back then. Uh, also, I had just listened to the Lockdown Bucks episode on my way home from work here where Jim Paschke uh, joined uh, Kane. And they talked a lot about, well, Jim Paschke being the MC of of the ring ceremony for the Bucks, I believe that is where he donned the, uh, oh yeah, of course, I totally forgot this connection until now. Uh, Giannis, after winning the championship, he wore the I Heart Paschke t-shirt, which I know it meant the world to Paschke and just speaks to uh, Jim's impact on, on the Bucks organization all these years. He's uh, He could be the mayor of Milwaukee in his own right if... Uh, if uh, Bobby were to ever ever complete his term, uh, though, that might be a, a life a lifetime term. If uh, we have anything to say about that, uh, but yeah, uh, is is fun to remember those little details from Ring Night, uh, going from the first first day of the regular season to the last, uh, and uh, good on Paschke for. Uh, uh, giving credit back to Giannis with the with the memorabilia, and uh, also given the timing, uh, Jim and Kane talked a lot about this matchup between uh, between the the Bucks and the Bulls. Of course, the Bucks being the overwhelming favorites, uh, with the Bulls having a disappointing end of the year, but also credit to them for uh, for starting off so so hot and having you know, having somewhere to fall off from, and we recognize a lot of it uh, coming from, uh, you know, aspects out of their control, like injuries. Uh, uh, But, you know, we don't want to get too ahead of ourselves here. I was thinking, and I say that even though this comparison is a little disparaging, uh, because we remember uh, first round that we may have shrugged off uh, in the bubble against the Magic, where the Magic uh, really took advantage of us. Actually, in the first, uh, in game one of the first round, uh, <laughs> connection there with Nikola Vucevic as the center. So, uh, yeah, we can't necessarily say that just because we we might have the advantage in the front court and we're and we're we're a team that that uh that is built big that that it's just a shoe in. Uh, but 
they discuss the matchups between uh, matchups uh, for uh, the Bulls star wings in Levine and DeRozan. Kane and Paschke seem seem slightly divided on who would guard who, and uh, you know between basically they debated the matchups between uh, Drew and West versus. Uh, DeRozan and Levine, uh, you know, implying that that one of the Bucks uh, forwards can take a bit of a rest on defense against uh, maybe Alex Caruso, who would, you know, nominally be be uh, be facing off against Drew Holiday, but. Yeah, considering that uh, Alex Caruso is much more of a one of a uh, one way player favoring defense compared to Holiday, it might be a it might be a waste to have Drew defend him. So, I guess I would see I would I. Whew. I mean, it's not it's not like there there's much of a, di- a difference in size, but. Uh, my initial reaction was to say that, well, as I guess our point guard, I could see Drew being on Levine, who's closer, who's closer to a guard, and then Wes facing up against the against the more of a forward in uh, Demar Derozan, but uh, you know. It, it, I, I think, I think it, I think that that's almost interchangeable. So uh, maybe, maybe that that kind of uh, reveals why Kane and and uh, Jim were split on that. But either way, we'll take our odds, and uh, this could also be a time to reflect on previous uh, I ninety four matchups. Of course, uh, you know, well, Grayson Allen will be hearing more and more and more booze uh during this playoff series they're not going to stop even after the even after the series uh the regular season series sweep uh but you know it, it was nice to to reminisce a bit about the uh mike dunleavy uh factor from uh from uh 2015 that must have been uh that fun that fun uh first jason kidd season with all the with all the veterans where Giannis. uh oh this might have that might have been a different season either way right around 2015 was where uh Giannis uh basically tackled mike dunleavy after dunleavy uh a bastard in his own right uh, punched uh, Michael Carter Williams in the face. So Mike Dunleavy had it coming, and screw Mike Dunleavy. Uh, so I can avoid the parental advisory warning on that one. <laughs> so I recommend you check that one out. Uh, I'm already right around an hour here, unfortunately, uh, as it goes when I record later on in the week. But quickly over this... Uh, 
over this loss to the Cavs. Despite uh, Lindo Wigington, Rajon Tucker, Thanastian Dacumpo, and, and Sandro Memo Kalashvili all having career nights <laughs> against the Cavs in a 115-133 loss, uh, the Bucks starters were uh, Javon Carter, Drew Holiday, Jordan Nwara, Thanasis Anadokounmpo, and Sandro Memo Kalashvili. You might be saying to yourself, hey, I don't remember seeing Drew Holiday in this game. I don't remember seeing him either. Um because he he started this game and immediately intentionally followed Darius Garland and by appearing in this game Drew Holiday uh Drew Holiday received a bonus uh up to uh above $300,000 and uh the range goes no lower than about two about $250,000 just for, just for meeting the uh, minimal game requirement in his contract. I know he has a he has several clauses in his contract. Uh, and he deserves it cuz uh we wouldn't have won a championship without him. So Meanwhile, uh the Cavs had all their usual usual starters uh despite the injuries and uh Garland, Levert, Okoro, Markinen, and Mobley. Cavs scored 14 unanswered points to start this game, and Mobley put Mamu on a poster. Kevin Love also scored 15 points in a row. It was uh, one of the more more ridiculous shooting performances I've seen from an opponent ever. Uh, that could even be understating it. The Cavs led 20-46 to 46 after the first quarter. Mamu had six points and two rebounds to Kevin Love's 18 points and four four rebounds. Uh, yeah, Kevin Love was only two points away from tying the Bucks as a team in this quarter. Uh, Mar Stevens uh, punched uh, punched a dunk down on Thanasis onto the Kumpo, but Thanasti would redeem himself later by dunking over Kevin Love. Uh, Mo- Mobley would have another dunk off a cut and. Sandro would uh, score on a tip-in uh, after a Jordan Wara steal. However, Mobley would dunk again over Mamu, and a, and then he would, and then he'd also put the nasty on a poster before Garland lobbed it up to Lovert. And even before halftime, I got to my uh, quota. Sure, that's the word choice of a of a thirty point. Uh, deficit and then an extra bucket there from the Cavs to allow me to just go on and go on a pleasant uh, Sunday Sunday afternoon stroll instead of watching this uh, awful game where the yeah where the Bucks uh, definitely tanked for playoff seating but uh, but yeah uh, at halftime the Bucks were already down forty six to seventy nine. Uh, Tucker had 10 points, two rebounds at half, to Love's 23 points, eight rebounds, two assists. And uh, after the second quarter, the Bucks would lose 115 to 133 to the Cavs. Mamu would have a career high 28 points and 13 rebounds, along with four assists. Uh, Kevin Love finished with 32 points, 10 rebounds, and four assists. I know in that first play in game uh, on. First playing game Monday, no, it's Tuesday. Definitely Tuesday. Uh, broadcast pointed out that Kevin Love had 32 points uh, in their previous game, but 
I forgot to mention all the uh, crazy circumstances that occur in the last game of the regular season. Uh, the Bucks aren't the first team to pull these pull these antics. It's uh, quite common, really. Uh, I can probably spare everybody uh, the major uh, major differences in a lot of these uh, typical uh, post game categories here. I think you get the idea just from uh, just from the first half totals. So let's just quickly cover the play in tournament uh, where. Two-thirds of the way through it, where uh, Brooklyn is that seven seed against the Celtics, uh, which would have been the would have been the Bucks if they tried on Sunday. The Timberwolves beat the Clippers then after the Nets Cavs game, and it's the first time they're confirmed to be in the playoffs since 2016, I believe, since they had Jimmy Butler and uh, Pat Beverly was going off. They he and Anthony Edwards uh, jumped on the scorer's table like it was uh, Dwayne Wade winning the championship or uh, John Wall uh, going to, uh, ooh, was it? I don't know if they went to the Eastern Conference Finals or not that year. But back when the Wizards were true playoff threats, but yeah, I don't want to be in the camp of people making fun of the Timberwolves because... Um, thankfully a lot of people are actually coming to their defense like why are we making fun of dudes for for uh for celebrating it's it doesn't hurt us hurt us at all and it's uh extremely entertaining plus of course uh pat beverly had a ton of history with with the clippers and they they re- they really uh parted ways unceremoniously so you can definitely see why it's emotional for a guy uh, like Pat Bev, who had to, um, who had to really climb out of the trenches himself to, to, uh, to carve a role for himself in this league. And uh, there was some stat I totally don't remember the details of it, but it was basically pointing out that in, um, you know, in an extreme majority of years where Pat Beverly is actually healthy, he's almost always in the postseason. Uh, so that might not be a total coincidence. Uh, then last night, the 9 and 10 seeds played, and the Atlanta Hawks uh, uh, put the smackdown on the Charlotte Hornets. It's the second year in a row where uh, the Hornets were down by uh, 26 or more points going into the fourth quarter in the play-in tournament. And that must be really disappointing for, uh, well, I mean, just fans in general, because the Hornets are always a team going into every year where, where uh, especially now with Lamelo Ball and how entertaining, uh, how entertaining they are, you, you want you want to hope that that will translate into into more winning. Uh, but they have they have uh, they still have a they still have a bright future ahead of them. And uh, last night, later on last night, the Pelicans beat the Spurs. C.J. McCollum dropped 29 points. Um, and people, of course, spe- speculating on Pop's future. 
with the Spurs, but he commented that that it'd be in, inappropriate to to comment on at this point. Uh, you could see him coming back, but you can see it bo- going both ways now that he has uh, the record for most wins uh, from an NBA coach. And tomorrow is uh, last night of the play-in tournament where uh, it's, uh, well, last night was technically win or go home too if you were if you lost the 9 and 10 game but uh you could say higher stakes cuz now you could be uh it would definitely be more disappointing to be be an 8th seed uh in the Cavs or the Clippers and end up losing out losing out on the playoffs uh completely i think that happened to the Warriors last year uh when they played the the Grizzlies uh, so it'll be Cavs versus Hawks at 6.30 tomorrow. And at 9 o'clock, it'll be Clippers versus Pelicans. So I'm looking forward to that. It'll be a fun bit of uh, NBA action on a Friday evening. I'll get to chill out. Uh, just watch some hoops. It's a good time of year. It's getting warmer outside. Uh, the Bucks play... Uh, game one against the Bulls Sunday at 5:30, a great slot for for viewing. Um, and Wednesday they play at 8:30. I saw. Uh, you know, I hope I I hope I wrote that down wrong because that's late. But uh, but yeah, and I'll have to be in the office the next day. That's uh, I can't say that that's out of the ordinary though. I watch plenty of West Coast games, so 8:30 really isn't isn't much and then next friday will be game three where we'll be going to chicago and hopefully we'll be able to close out the game um not this coming sunday but the one after for a for a noon game but i'm gonna knock on wood so you know how uh, superstitious i am uh but yeah, uh, I hope everyone enjoys uh, a, a good a good Easter weekend. If you celebrate Easter, uh, heard a lot of. I didn't. I personally didn't think Easter was was a big deal. Uh, I know it is. It's always been to some, but hadn't heard it talked about much really. But being in the office today. Uh, Heard a lot of happy Easter's, <laughs> which is uh, probably appropriate. But either way, hope everyone has a nice weekend, and hopefully our weekend ends with uh, with a one and zero series lead. But I will be back here to discuss that next week. Until then, I'll see you in another life, brother. Thank you for tuning in to Knock a Few Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks podcast. We hope you join us again soon. See you in another life, brother.